0: dude i don't know about you guys but this pumps me up every single time it's on my run playlist it's got the energy because we're ready to roll for another episode of the business bros here we go
1: shut up and sit down the business bros podcast was created for you
2: ham drop some heat all right all you business pros out there before we jump into the show just a quick reminder to please subscribe on whichever platform it is that you're listening to us on today give us a like Give us a follow, subscribe, drop a review, help other like-minded business owners find value from our awesome guests while we rise up in those podcast rankings. We'll sincerely appreciate every single one of you for it. And if you want to be a guest on the show, we'd love to have you on to learn from you as well. Go to www.businessbros.biz, schedule your time slot, and don't forget to follow us on all our social medias at Business Bros Pod. All right, everybody. We're so excited and so honored to bring yet another incredible guest to the Business Bros Pod Our guest today has taken the words, live like you were dying to heart, and today she's living her best life. After building a career spanning 15 years, selling over $200 million in residential real estate and financing another $85 million in commercial properties, she was stopped dead in her tracks. Our guest heard that gruesome word that no one ever wants to hear from their doctor. She is a skin cancer survivor, and at the doorway of her 30s, in a desperate attempt to heal her body, she embarked on a journey of self-realization, disguised as eating healthier. Our guest had no way of knowing that the next eight years would transform every perception she had about herself, and that she would reinvent every aspect of her life. Through her journey, she came to understand the anatomy of transformation, truth, release, experience, and alignment, and she's since guided hundreds of women through powerful transformations of their own. If you want to have a transformation and learn to manifest your best life, you'd better sit down, tune in, and listen to today's awesome guest. Joining us from the Soul Frequency out of Orange County, California, welcome to the show, Shanna Lee!
3: Uh (music) Oh, Shanna. Yay! What? What? Welcome to the show, first of all. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. That's an awesome welcome.
0: Well, well, well. We try to do some things a little bit different. Try to have some fun. Bring some excitement into this boring Ooh. space called entrepreneurship. But you know, often <laughs> get labeled as yeah, boring. It's so much work. People don't realize how much fun we have in this space. Shana, you've you've done it all. You've you've made. You've had some great strides, some great successes in business. Uh, and it, it's 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 weird. I heard this saying the other day, and I, it's it's so true. You know, uh. uh a person in this world wants so many different things and a sick person only really wants one thing. Uh, When you were getting started in your entrepreneurial space uh, and you started in the real estate game, what was your mentality, the mentality like Uh, walk me through kind of getting started and, and, and the grind and how that came to a halt.
3: Yeah. I mean, the mentality was make as much money as you can do as much business, serve as many people like, you know go after it i was super young and hungry and excited and um you know i think everything that i was doing in my life was ultimately to live a happy life i mean isn't that why we do things right we want to accomplish things to live a happy life um but i didn't take into account at my super young age like just how to pace myself or right? how to take care of myself how to look at the other areas of life i was kind of fixated on building and scaling and growing my business, which was awesome. The piece of the puzzle that was a little more challenging was like how to also have a life too, right? Like how to not just let your business consume your existence. Um, and that was a lesson, you know, I had to learn and that's why I was stopped in my tracks.
0: Well, let's talk about that because I know when, when you first start getting into business, it's, it's that idea phase, right? It's, it's almost like when you're dating somebody with that, that first couple dates and you get that little butterfly in your stomach and, you know, don't hang up. No, you hang up. Like there's all kinds <laughs> of that excitement at the beginning of a relationship. I feel that a lot of it is the same way when you when you become an entrepreneur. At the very beginning, it is so exciting. You, you want to know what your logo is going to look like. You're, you're anxious to go out and talk to that next client. You know, it's fun, it really is fun at the beginning and and you know when you talk about having your, your that work life balance or or not having that work life balance and just working so much you know I, I don't know for me personally it's still it's still one of those weird I'm I'm a weirdo then I don't know it's it's fun for me you weren't having fun at that time you didn't feel like what you were doing was kind of right in your
3: path where you wanted to go so it was, it was a very fun time. And, and I don't want to get, you have to there's no work-life balance at the beginning of entrepreneurship. I don't think like, I don't know all of my friends that have built businesses. Like there is a, a space and time where you have to like, give it your all, right. You got to be mm-hmm. kind of on it. You got to be thinking about it. You got to be doing all the right things. Um, but there is a period of time where you need to learn to delegate And you need to learn to create systems in your business. If you want that business to grow beyond just what you can do in a 24 hour period. So there's always that point where you bump up against like, wait, I don't have time. Bring on assistance and your ability to scale really has to do with how well you do at managing people and how well you do at creating systems that you can oversee, right? So you can still assure that people are being served in the way that you want them to, um, but that you are also effective with your time. And so there's these different thresholds. I'm sure you've been through many of them in your, in your life, and your business. And you have to redefine at those thresholds. So once you start scaling, right? And giving, giving over tasks to other people, you have to learn to then build your life life outside of your life. And there's a bridge there, right? And if we don't, then then we keep going after it, right? And we actually hold our business back in some respects because if we don't hand over tasks, if we don't know how to scale, then then at that point is when people start to experience burnout, right? Like you still might love your business. You still might be passionate about it. But if you're just putting in, you know, crazy long hours every day because of your passion, at a certain point, you need breaks, right? And Mm -hmm. you need time and you need to have moments. I, I always say the best ideas come when I step away from my business totally. That's when the great, it's like, sometimes you got to get outside your own house, right. To have something new come in and then go back in and implement it.
0: I totally agree with you. Some of the, uh, you know, it, when I go for a run in the morning it has nothing to do with you know, anything that I'm doing in my business life, but I get some of the greatest ideas just when that blood is flowing, when that energy is pumping or, or when I'm taking a shower or when I'm out, you know, I see something, I'm like, Ooh, I could do something similar. Like a lot of those ideas click and, and, and come in. Uh, and there's a lot that we can do with our, just, you know, our extra time, right? That, that discretionary time that we want to go figure out what to do. And I feel like when you are super healthy and everything's fine, figuring out what to do seems kind of weird. Like, you know, I don't know, do I want to go camping? Do I want to do this? Do I want to do like trying to narrow it down when you hit that stop button on your life, when, when you felt, you know, the, the, the beauty of life is that it's fragile, that it's fleeting, that it could go away. But it puts a different perspective onto what you prioritize. What was that like when you hit that that part of your life? What things did you realize that, you know what, these aren't as as important as I thought they were. And these other things, these are way more important.
3: Yeah. When I got the diagnosis, I the doctor said to me, you know how you hear a few words and they just really like land for you? The doctor was like, you're so young to have this. Meaning like most of the patients in the waiting room were in their 60s, 70s, right? I was in my 30s. It, I was just really young. And that stuck with me. I'm like, why is it happening to me? Like, why am I so young? And this is, you know, manifesting in my body. And it just got me thinking like, why? Right. Why? What am I doing? Um, which really took me on a journey of really looking at like how I fuel my body, because if you're going to demand a lot from your body, you should think about what you're putting in it and how you're taking care of it, um, especially if you're running at a really you know fast pace. So I started thinking about that. I had never really considered that too much or paid much attention to that. Um, and I started to also think I didn't have a family at the time yet. I wasn't married. So I started to just think, like, what are my life goals? Like, what am I doing here as a human being right now? And what do I want to accomplish in my life? I actually read a book, fascinatingly enough, called The Five, Top Five Regrets of the Dying by Bronnie Ware. And it was about a woman who was a hospice nurse. And she spent all this time with people who were passing away. And she talked about the top five regrets that people would share with her literally on their deathbed. And when I read that book, like it really changed my life and my perspective because it got me thinking about like, hey, when we're at the end of our life, whenever that may be. Like, what are we looking back and wishing we would have known or wishing we would have done differently? And so I started thinking about not so much just having a business and scaling my business and the success of the business, but the but the concept around fulfillment, like what ultimately fulfills me and fills me up. And what role does that have in my life? Like, what are the other things that I want to at the end of my life look back and say, yeah, I did this, right? And and I made a commitment to myself at the time when I finished the book. I was like, "Man, when I'm when I'm at that point, I want to be like I did this thing. I did all the things I wanted to do, right? I I want to be saying I have no regrets. Like I came and I saw and I played and I had fun and I built and and I feel great, right? And so that that was a really impactful moment in my life of thinking like What do we want? I mean, sometimes we get very like myopic about. I want to build a business, or I want to have a family, or whatever it is, right? But we don't think about the whole picture and what we really want. Like at the end of this experience, like what do we want to look back and say that we did and accomplished and experienced?
0: That's deep. Like to figure out what you want, and it's funny. I just had a graduating class. My seniors just graduated. They're entering the world, and that question. You know, what am I going to do? What do I? What do I actually want in life? That's something that I don't. It's very difficult to answer. The seventeen-year-old, you know, eighteen-year-old getting ready to start their life has no clue. They got to go experience life. And I'll be honest, I'm, you know, I'm gonna be thirty-nine here, and I, there's times where I'm thinking the same thing. I still don't quite understand, you know, what it is that what is that that I want to do. You, know, you you were forced to really take a step back and and, and kind of re reevaluate your life. Um, when you were taking that time, what were some of the things that you did to kind of help bring clarity to that question to, to where you wanted to put your time and effort into?
3: Yeah, it's a great question. I mean, I didn't, at 18, me too, right? Like I had no idea what I wanted to do. In fact, I spent my first couple years in college not even declaring a major until they said they were gonna kick me out. <laughs> Cause I did. they're right. like, you can't right. take any more classes until you figure out what you're gonna major in. I mean, I had a lot of time of not knowing what I want to do. And I think we're always, I think when you are 18, when you are young, like you think that people older than you know, right? You think other people have figured it out and you're the only one that has it. And I think it's an ever evolving process process. So I don't think it really matters like what age you're at. Like you're going to always be growing and always evolving and always discovering new things you want to do. So not to put a cap on, right? Like, oh, this is all it is for me, or this is all I'm ever going to do, but instead to be open to the opportunity of new ideas coming in, right? Like those ideas when you're, you know, you're out, I don't know, taking a jog or taking a shower, like you just come up with ideas, right? And you might want to follow those ideas. And I think that's what makes us stay young and fresh and excited about life. So, so not to worry for anybody that's listening. That's in that 18 to 22 age range. I think it's normal to not know. And you only know and start to know by taking action and trying things, right? A lot of times the process of getting to know what you really want to do is a process of knowing what you don't want to do, like what you don't like, what isn't working. And, And you only get to know that by doing things in the world. So, you know, I think, Like, you know, mentorship is great. I think going into different companies and trying, you know, trying out different things when you're younger is a great way to not only build skill sets, um, but also to decide really solidly what you want to do. And I teach all my clients about pivoting because I think in so many ways we're taught to, to make a commitment and stick to something no matter what, which commitment is great, but for any entrepreneur, you have to know how to pivot. Because there's going to be things that don't work sometimes, there's going to be Id- new ideas that come in, and not to see that when you come up against a wall that, that it's all over or that you're finished, but instead that it's an opportunity to pivot, try something a little different, do something a little, you know, in a new way, and really bring in some new energy. Pivot!
0: Yes, exactly, Ross Pivots. How did you decide on going more towards coaching and, and kind of leaving that real estate side? I mean, you you reached a level of success. Maybe was it was it uh, your success came to you more uh, pre-diagnosis or post-diagnosis?
3: Um, both. It was both, but I um the coaching business was really where I felt like I was evolving to. So I just discovered that there were in my personal life people came to me all the time to solve problems, to ask questions. I was a pretty aware person, even from the time I was very young. So even as I was scaling this business, what I was doing in the real estate sector was a lot of coaching people, right? In the act of negotiating, you have to understand people's personalities. You have to understand their trigger points. I was very effective at being able to negotiate really any contract and what I was doing was just being really thoughtful about what both people wanted and how to bring two personalities together so that we could have a successful negotiation. And so a lot of that is really the foundation of coaching. So I was doing coaching, um, within the real estate sector. And a lot of times people find that, you know, you may start a business and realize like, I'm really good at something in particular, that's a piece of this business. And maybe I want to scale, maybe I want to break that off into a new business, right? Or maybe I want to take that and scale that differently. So that was really how the, you know, the kind of process happened. And when I stepped into coaching, what I found is that I could take the experience that I had in business and the things that I had learned, and I was able to apply them not only to people's business lives, but to their personal lives, because a lot of things like who we are, we bring to everything, right? So if we've got like, you know, things that we need to see about ourselves in our personal life, we're also bringing that to our business life and those can stand in the way. And I loved the intersection between somebody's personal life and maybe some of the beliefs they have about themselves and how that figures into their business life and how they are scaling their business. And I found that if I went in and kind of shifted some of these beliefs across the board, that not only their business life began to grow and expand and scale, but their personal life also came along for the ride too. And that's where people would really say, my life is really fulfilling, like not just my business, but my whole life. My business is scaling, everything's going great there, and I feel great in my personal life. And that really was exciting to me.
0: I I love the fact that you're helping people with some of these little micro things. It's it's not really major changes that you're making in your day to day, in in the way you approach business and the way you approach life. There are a lot of little things that you know, those little pivots, those little shifts in mindset, the little you know, the the standards that you set for yourself that that will allow you to reach a level of success that other people don't. You're developing them as human beings, uh, which is uh, which is amazing. Uh, and the, the the reason why I bring that up is because I feel like. You know right now we're living in such times of prosperity. The real estate market is ridiculous. You don't really need much skill to list a home today. You, you put a sign out and it's probably sold before you even stake that sign in the ground, right? it's 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 ridiculous. And it's kind of giving us this fake impression of success when it comes to entrepreneurship. And, you know, it's gonna, it's gonna take a shift. The market's gonna change overall. We just go through cycles. It's part of what's happening. But the way you're, you're, you're helping your clients by helping them become, you know, individuals that are ready to take on these challenges, that's a different way of doing things. It's a different type of approach. It's not just, you know, this is an S Corp. This is, you know, how you do a general ledger. You know, those are all the, the, the basics of business. But the fundamentals that you're teaching here are helping them prepare for a world that's going to shift, that's gonna give them the ability to pivot. How do you feel about where we are in the market today and how you're preparing your people going forward?
3: Yeah. Your, your assessment is completely accurate. And what I found in business is that you can find, I mean, you can Google around and find how to, you know, how to do a PNL. You can take tons of courses on the logistical, right? Very practical, like steps of business. Um, but what became fascinating to me is like, even if I give you all the steps Not everybody succeeds in business. So what is it beyond those steps? If you took a class of 30 people and you taught them the same information and principles about starting a business, not all of them will succeed in business. Why? Right? Why can we all take in the same information, right? Theoretically and not have the same result. And so that question like is really what took me down this road of like, what is it? What is that secret sauce of the entrepreneur that really makes it in the world or really does something extraordinary? And what are they thinking every day? And and what are the actions they're taking? And What makes them different than maybe other people who, who try entrepreneurship for a year and then say, oh, this is not for me. I can't do all of this. Um, and I really started to get curious about this and study it in people. And what I found was that our belief sets, right, be it from our parents, us, as children growing up, the experiences that we have, we create these belief sets. It's like programming. You can imagine yourself being a computer and you download software, right, as you're going through life and you are operating from that software, like just like a computer does. Like my computer could have different software than your computer and they could do entirely different things, same way with human beings. And so my, my curiosity was like, what happens if we change the software? If we change the belief sets, does the result change? And the answer time and time again is yes. Right, and this this is the piece of the puzzle in entrepreneurship that I feel like we don't really teach. Our society doesn't teach it. Some people learn it from mentors. Some people learn it just by sheer going out there and grinding, and they start developing a different mindset, and they start changing and evolving. Um, but we, it's not as readable, it's not as readily available or tangible for people, and so we don't know where to go and look for that per se. Like we know where to go and look to learn about P and Ls, but not necessarily to learn about this stuff.
0: You know, that that emotional IQ, uh, that's something that you need to develop in your business over time. And you're in the real estate space, so when you talk to a real estate agent, they get their license day one, and they have this assumption that now that I have my license, the world is going to come to me. Everyone was going to list with me. Uh, and they quickly encounter things like you know, friends and family that they know and all of a sudden they list or sell with somebody else and, you know, they go knocking on doors and people tell them no and they pick up the phone and call Fizbo's and, you know, they're not getting the response that they want. And they have to push and persevere through the objections, through the no's, through that self-doubt that pops into their head that tells them maybe you're not good enough, you're not cut out for this, you're not smart enough, everybody's better than you. How do, you know, from a coaching standpoint, how do we get people to to kind of understand that that's just part of the ebbs and flows of business. The failure part, the mistakes, the objections, these are all things that you need to slowly overcome. How do we get them past that uh, that fear of rejection or that fear of judgment so that we can get through, you know, follow-up number two and number three and number four and close the deal after, you know, six, seven types of follow-ups.
3: Yeah. So the, it's such a, I mean, this is really like the biggest question in entrepreneurship. And I'll tell you a little story to answer it. Like I worked for a commercial finance company that had re that moved from the East coast to the West coast at one point in my career. And they were just starting in the area, which means that nobody in the company had territory in California it means it was wide open, right? There was opportunity everywhere. You could call on anybody and get business. And they literally gave us a phone and a list of leads and was like, Whoever can swim will swim and the rest of you will sink. Right. And, and I remember sitting there and thinking like every day, just going in there, having to talk myself up, right. To sit down and just cold call, basically cold call these leads and you'd get hung up on all the time. And you would, you know, you would just deal with a lot of stuff. But, but I, as I started to do this, I realized how valuable it was, right. Like that if I could do this, I could do anything because this is the thing that everyone resists doing is being at the, at the beginning of a career and having to deal with rejection and what you're doing when you're showing up to it is building momentum in the business, right? You want to build that momentum and it only happens by continuing to take action. So what was fascinating is that after calling and calling and calling, I started to say, I'm only calling for the yes, right? So whether I had to go through 200 leads or 50 leads or whatever it was, I'm calling till I get a yes, right? So that I'm not judging the number of calls I make, I'm just looking for the one yes. And I know I'm gonna go through a ton of calls. And it shifted my mindset, right, around showing up to this. And what ended up happening, I I ended up getting like a package of 10 different loans and financing like 40 million in, in real estate off of a cold call. And the reason that I got through to this guy, because number one, I was a female voice and it was a largely male dominated industry. So he was just kind of fascinated, right? That I was calling. Um, But I just started talking to him about life. I wasn't even talking about business. And what that did was it interrupted a pattern of people just cold calling and just talking about the same old thing. And I just started sharing with him about something totally unrelated to business. And he said, come down to my office and come in. I'm curious. I want to meet you. And that started a relationship, right? So everything that we do that is authentic to who we are starts relationships. So don't, don't show up to the business. Like other people show up to their business, show up to your business. Like you show up to your business, right? Talk to people like you talk to people. Like that's how you're going to find the right people that want to work with you and you have to have a mindset of, I am for the first two to three to five years, I'm building momentum. So I don't care if I get a hundred no's or 50 no's or whatever, all I'm doing here is just want to build momentum. So the more you're out there in the world, the more people are seeing your name, seeing your business, you know, whatever it is, like everything I'm doing is building momentum. I think where we get in trouble is when we want to, we want to have a quick result in a day, right? And in five days. And we look at people that are having these amazing results. We're like, I want to be where they are, except for they used to be building momentum too, right? They started out building momentum. I I remember my first deal was like the hardest thing. Getting my first deal was super hard. Doing my first deal, I was worried about all the details and, and it was a super low price range too, but I was still even worried. It felt big to me and I was young. It was my first deal, you know, and now it's like, the the price ranges now are so different and I don't worry about them at all. That only comes with mastery. That only comes with doing things over and over and over again.
0: There is so much power in practice. Uh, I'm reminded of when we started our podcast. You are episode 749. And episode Uh one- was not very good right i mean it's the it's the ability to come back and show up even though you know you suck even though at first you don't have the skill set but the fact that you 60 percent of the time it works every time every time it's going to get better right you're always going to determine your own future you're going to manifest whatever it is that you're going to do by by simply showing up it's like developing a muscle if you do not work out that muscle it's not going going to develop. You can't. I, I heard Gary Vee this morning as I'm filtering, you know, going through TikToks and stuff, and I heard him say, "You can't read about push-ups and get the same results." And I was like, "That's absolutely right. Like you actually have to get down and do that that nitty gritty work that you don't really want to do." Now you mentioned something super powerful. You mentioned, you know, when you got that, you know, some of these bigger deals he, Opened up a relationship. You established a relationship. And I when I when I talk to real estate agents that are just getting in the game and they're looking in their brokerage office and they see that veteran who's been in the game for 10, 15, 20 years, and they look at what they're doing for marketing, they often get confused and they they misinterpret what they see versus what work has been done. They see that veteran sitting back and answering the phone and receiving referrals, and doing a lot of that stuff that looks like, oh, I can do that, I'm gonna sit back in my office and get phone calls too, but you don't see the relationships and all the, the groundwork that they put in for years of doing that. Can you, can you express to me in your experience in business, how valuable are the relationships and the networks that you've built?
3: it's all you have, right? It's it's what business is. If you don't develop the relationships, you don't have a business. And so at the beginning, you know, I mean, it's different different timeframes. But when I started out, I mean, it was tons of like going, knocking on doors, you know, giving things out. Like, you know, in the early part of your career, you don't have like a lot of per se money for, for marketing. So it needs to be really like, you just getting out there, right? You going to events to nurture relationships, get to know people, get put, be part of the community if you're in residential real estate like, you know, become a part of the chamber of commerce, like go get known in the community and be a resource. Like one of the things that's also valuable is just giving back to the community, right? If you are working a certain farm area, like know that community, get in that community, be some, like be part of, you know, the charitable organizations in that community, because you can get to know a lot of people and they're going to respect the fact that you care about the community, right? Like, I think Gary Vee talks about this uh, too, but like, you want to go and give first, right? You want to go and give before you're like, Hey, I want to get right. Give me something. It's not super inspiring for people, but if you go and you show up and you just give from, from your heart, not because you're trying to get something and you add value everywhere you go, then just by, by virtue of what you put out, you get back, right? Value comes back to you. And I think, you know, I also think it's, It's an amazing thing to have mentors. So if you can work on a big team, let's say that's established, that's not a bad entry point for certain agents to learn how a big team thinks, how a big team operates. Like what does the head of that big team, how did they scale their business? Like all of those details early in your career are super helpful for then building your own team down the line. Cause then you know how to build teams and how they've built their business just by watching from the inside.
0: It's amazing what some of these people have done, uh, and, and the, Lack of formal education. There's so many amazing teams, so many great sales reps, so many great brokerages uh, that didn't necessarily go to college to do what they're doing, but they took on life experience. They took on mentors and they learned. It's They're still educated. And this, this is one of those things that I harp on all the time. Education does not mean college. College is a great way to get an education, but it's not the only way to get an education. Uh, I want to make sure that people also are, are able to connect with you if they want to get an education from you, Shauna. So if they want to work with you, uh, tell me a little bit about what they're going to find at thesoulfrequency.com.
3: So I really go into those factors that I was talking about. So I don't go into the business like logistics. I go into people's belief sets, programmings, mindsets, like things that they don't know are in the way um, and help them define what's in the way. So if, so a lot of people come to me when they're either up against like trying to scale or grow their business and they're feeling held back by the way they think, right? Or the way they operate in business. Um, people that want to change even sectors, like whole different career, whole different, you know, kind of mission in life. We go into how to make that changeover. A lot of people also come to work with me who are in kind of W2 employee positions and want to become entrepreneurs because there's a entire mindset shift between being an employee and being an entrepreneur that needs to happen. Not just the logistics or the financing of the money, but literally a mindset shift you have to have about how entrepreneurial you know, world works versus how um, employment world works.
0: It is a big shift. Uh, you give up a lot of uh, – well, you give up one boss for many, <laughs> right? Because every single one of your clients becomes your boss. Uh, but you also give up that that uh, exchange of time for money. And it gives yeah. you some um, some freedom that you're looking for. Uh, Real quick before we head out, what kind of freedom have you experienced from being an entrepreneur, from being able to scale your business that people can look forward to?
3: I mean, being able to decide when and how and why you do what you do, like how you spend the hours of your day is awesome. Um, I can't imagine, you know, working by somebody else's clock at this point. It's been a long time since I've done that. And I think, you know, when other people control your time, they put a cap on what's possible for you. And if you are willing and able to dream big, that when you control your own time, you feel the ultimate freedom, right? There's no cap on what you can create, what you can build, what you can do in the world. And if you take that on as exciting, which I have, um, then a lot becomes possible. So I feel a huge amount of freedom in where I go, how I live my life, um, my schedule, right? I don't don't go by a typical nine to five schedule because that doesn't resonate with me. I'm able to have days that are different things, right? At different times, which is really fun and keeps it fresh. So I love it. I think it's a great lifestyle
0: freedom ladies and gentlemen it comes in so many ways it doesn't mean that you're making million dollars a year although that would be nice sometimes it's just being able to control your own schedule to wake up when you want to wake up to go pick up the kids well when you have to go pick up the kids or do whatever it is that you want to do on your clock that's the way it works that's what the that's what the freedom of entrepreneurship can can grant you it's not easy It does come with ups and downs. There's peaks and valleys and your emotions are going to be twisted. You're going to be thinking about your business 24 hours a day, I can almost guarantee you. But with proper coaching and with proper guidance, you'll be able to do things a lot better. Look, go go to the the soul frequency.com. Check out what Shauna's doing. If you enjoyed the episode, if you connected with her, go ask and just find out a little bit more information. You never know the people that you connect with that one little link that you click on and ask for that consultation, that difference, that could be the one thing that sets you apart from everywhere else. Mentorship is so powerful. I mean, if you believe in a college education, that's you know one teacher and like three hundred students. Then the power of coaching is even more powerful because it can be one on one. That's super, super. I mean, it's the the one thing that I wish I would have done early on in business is to ask for help. To realize that there are other people who've already done it, who have already done it successfully, who have already stepped in every single hole that you're probably going to step in, cut corners. Like, I don't know about you guys, I, I you know, as a teacher, I always get all my students for cheating, but this is a cheat code that you need to take advantage of. A mentor can save you so much time, energy, and money. Uh, Shauna, thank you very much for hopping on the show today and and being on the podcast. What'd you think of our show, by the way? I'm, I'm sure you've done a couple different podcasts before. What'd you think of, of the Business Bros?
3: I've done a few podcasts before. Yes, I love your show. I think your show is fun and super high energy. I think you guys have got a great thing going. It's it's no wonder you're at 700 and some episodes. It's awesome.
0: We love to keep the energy up, ladies and gentlemen. Hopefully, you guys learned something today. Uh, Shauna, again, thank you very much for coming on the show. And ladies and gents, if you guys got something going on, I mean, I'm, I'm going to drop this one real quick because we've been doing uh, a lot of these. Uh, if, if you have a sales team that goes out and helps you find deals and generate leads, then you're a step ahead of the game. But for most of us, we're at the very beginning. We need a little bit of help. So... You know, it's difficult if you want to tell people, you know, what it is you do, your own prospecting, that's that's a process that you need to develop. But another little cheat code is to use your clients that you've already done business with, right? Their testimonials, record a little video testimonial with them, have them become your sales force. They work online 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and you don't have to worry about paying them anymore, right? They're just happy to have done business with you. That's the power of video testimonial. You guys can go to businessbros.biz if you guys need help getting your video, video testimonials, so you can grow your client base one referral at a time. All right, ladies and gents, we'll see you guys manana. Shauna, again, thank you very much for being on the show. We'll see you guys later. Peace.
1: Thank you for listening to the Business Bros Podcast. Are you looking to get more clients or to increase your income? Hernan, the Business Bro, can help you generate referrals through the power of podcasting. And James, the Insurance Bro with Pipeline Insurance, can help you effectively add insurance to your existing business.